This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today I have Tribe Talk writer uh, and social media manager for the Tennis Tribe, Hanlon Walsh. Hanlon, welcome. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Awesome to have you back. Uh, So we are going to talk today about pro doubles. Um, So for everybody listening, uh, what we're going to do is a kind of first half of the year review what's happened on both the ATP and WTA doubles tours so far. Then we're going to preview what's to come in the second half of the year. What questions do we have? What will be kind of some storylines to keep an eye on? And then uh, we're going to briefly talk about Wimbledon uh, as well. Right now, we only have the entry list. By the time this is released, the draw should be out, uh, but we don't have the draw yet. So, um, and I will throw a little bit of strategy in there as well for those of you who uh, are more into the strategy episode. So, Let's start with the first half of the year review. Uh, We'll start with the ATP, so the men's doubles tour. Um, And what I wanted to do is kind of go back and forth, Hanlon, here. Uh, We can each give kind of three points or three takeaways from the first half of the year. Uh, So why don't you uh, start with the ATP? I think the first thing that comes to mind with the ATP is a lot of the singles players really taking over and shaking things up on the uh, men's doubles tour, you know, it started mm-hmm. off with Kyrgios and Kokonakis, you know, really coming out of nowhere to win the Australian open. And that kind of carried over to, you know, the U S hard court swing with Isner who really hasn't, I don't think been like a dangerous doubles player unless he's playing with Jack sock or someone who's, you know, far better than he is up until this year, but Isner winning the sunshine double. And then, making a final he made another final i'm forgetting the the third tournament right yeah he uh won the sunshine double and then made the final at the italian open yeah oh, yeah was with schwartzman right with schwartzman with a yeah. third partner that was, that so, was awesome. um yeah and i i think i read when that happened he's the first player to ever make three masters 1000s finals with three different partners in one year yeah um, just insane really so it was Sock <laughs> at Indian Wells, right? And then her catch at Miami and then Schwartz. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was so, that was one of my points as well. So it was so interesting because like how the story changed, right? Sock, he wins with Sock and you're like, oh yeah, well, he's playing with Sock. Sock's like one of the best yeah, doubles players in the exactly. world. And then he immediately does it with her catch. And it's like, whoa, like Isner's good at doubles. Um, and then to do it with Schwartzman was I mean, almost comical. Like they, they were taking <laughs> pictures next to each other. He's 15 inches taller than Schwartzman, like almost yeah. a foot and a half taller. It was um, great for doubles, especially him and it, Schwartzman. That was fun to, fun to watch. Oh yeah. It, it was amazing. Um, and I was just looking at the rankings. So let me pull this up. This, this just blew my mind. So you look at the doubles rankings and all these doubles guys play a lot of tournaments. Um, they're not like, you know, it's not like a Djokovic or Nadal where you can play just select masters, 1000s and grand slams and get away with it. Cause the prize money's just not enough and they have to 
you know, look for, uh, um, d- to make money where they can. So you've got Joe Salisbury at number one. He's played 24 tournaments. Uh, I think this is in the last uh, year. Um, Rajiv Ram is number two. He's played 22 tournaments. Zabios is three, played 21 tournaments. Pavic is four. He played seven, 27 tournaments. So they're all like in the mid to upper 20s. And you keep scrolling down, and John Isner is number 19 in the world, and he's played 10 tournaments. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, yeah, just scratching the surface. But, yeah, I think he has a uh, – at least when I checked a few months ago after this Sunshine Double or whenever he made his final with Schwartzman after that, he had – his singles and doubles ranking were around the same, and he, his doubles record in the year was like far better than his singles record was. Yeah. Um, and it might, it may still be the same. I haven't checked the rankings lately, but I know that, you know, he's had a good doubles year. Yeah. And I, I'd be interested. I need to reach out to him and maybe try to get him on the podcast. I'd be interested to hear what his theory is on, on that. I, I have this hunch that it, so we watched him play in Dallas, right. And he and Isner won uh, the Dallas open, which was a two fifty, And I have a theory that he just learned so much playing with Jack Sock. They, I, I they watched them. Or they actually lost in the semis, didn't they? Because Arvalo and Roger won. Did they? Oh, you're right. My bad. They, but they, we did, so we they, did see them though. Yeah. Yeah. We saw them and they played together. My bad. So, so he, they played together there. Then they go play together at Indian Wells a few weeks later and win. And, and I, I was like studying them on the court and I can see, sock telling him like after points like after they lose a point hey here's what we do differently next time and i feel like isner learned a ton playing from playing with him just strategically on like how to play doubles the right way and i i think that kind of rolled over to miami and then you saw what he did uh at the italian open um but anyways yeah it, it's been wild to watch him and then like you said a lot of other singles guys um do well also yeah, Hercatch has had a, a great doubles year too. He and I think Pavich just won uh, last weekend. I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. and then obviously has Hen Isner's success. So um, yeah, it hasn't just been isolated to Isner, but Hercatch and then you know Kyrgios, Kokonakis, um, and I'm sure you know other players in between. So it's been it's been fun to see the singles guys more in the doubles mix this year and, and shaking things up. I think whenever you get a big name like Isner or Hercatch or whoever, um, you know, it always just brings more attention to doubles. So. Good yeah. problem. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we'll we'll get to more of that um a little bit later on the women's side as well. Um so point number two, um, who have been the two hottest teams on tour this year? They are leading the race, I believe. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Well, the obvious answer I think is is Skupski and Kulhoff. I believe they have five titles together and a 40 and 10 record, which is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. And then the lesser known pick, or maybe more so after Roland Garros, but I feel like they were sleepers, you know, leading up to Roland Garros. And now more people are paying attention to him, but um, Roger and, and Arvala, they've won three titles and mm-hmm. I think have like a 28 and 10 record on the year. Um, they won in, Dallas and Delray beach. And then, um, have made, I think a few finals as well or in semis. So they've been pretty consistent, but it was really, really exciting to see them when, um, when at Roland Garros and especially with, uh, Aravala being from El Salvador, 
you saw, you know, after afterwards on social media, how, you know, there's a picture with him, I think with the, um, the president or prime minister, I, I, you know, I'm not sure exactly who it was, but a lot of just public figures yeah. from, from El Salvador and just, you know, all over social media. So it was really cool to see him win, just being from such a small country. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Uh, fun. I've probably watched him play more doubles in the last year than any other pro player uh, between Indian Wells, world team tennis, uh, all that stuff. It was, it was great to see. Um, yeah. And Kulhoff and Skubsky, it's interesting because Kulhoff and Roger played together um, at least a little bit last year. I'm not sure if it was the full year. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. And they did okay. And then they, they split up and just have massive success um, so far this year. Uh, they're both. Um, so Kulhoff, Skubsky are number one in the race with 4250 points. And then, uh, Arivalo and Roger are number two with 3,745. Um, and they're both pretty far ahead uh, of number three, which is Granollers and Ceballos. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that momentum goes into the second half of the year. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, but, um, yeah, Kulhoff and Skubsky, it looks like they won two titles down under in Australia, uh, then Doha, then Madrid, um, and then uh, another one um, here recently. So, And they've got um, the shorts, too. Or we saw yeah, the they do. Balls. That was fun. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. They, they do the shorts, too. They do the whole matching thing. Um, so, yeah, so those have been definitely the two hottest teams. And then another topic here on the ATP side has been just some of the consistency overall at the top. So we look at um, Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury, who's uh, the number one ranked doubles player in the world now. Um, I just mentioned Granollers and Zabios. They've been together for a little while now, and they're both still in the top five. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been interesting to see the singles guys kind of mix in here, but then also you have your kind of staples who typically make a deep run at the tournament. Yeah. Mektic and Pavic, Pavic have had, uh, uh, they've certainly been picking up some steam over the past few weeks too. So it'll be interesting to see with them getting more confidence and momentum, how they, you know, how they'll fit into the mix with some of these other teams that have been really hot already in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, our friend Van uh, Sias, who, who's been featured on, uh, I know some of your, uh, tennis tribe, uh, talk blog posts, uh, Earlier oh, yeah. this year, we got into a little uh, um, uh, Twitter discussion about them breaking up or not. Oh yeah, and, he called uh, that. Didn't he? Or he, he predicted they he, haven't yet. Obviously, but they haven't. He he said he thought maybe they should, and I was like, yeah, let's give it a little longer. But um, Van's a great person to follow on Twitter if uh, if you're uh, into pro doubles for sure. So um, we'll we'll link to him in the show notes. But shout out to Van. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, it, it, advocate. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, keep the momentum up because uh, they have looked a lot better the last uh, um, probably one to two months, maybe, maybe six weeks or so. Yeah. Um, so that's been good to see. Uh, so anything uh, else? Go ahead. Or yeah. One strategy question too, going back to Roger and, and Arvalo, because I know we've, we saw them in Dallas and some in Indian mm-hmm. Wells, and then obviously we're watching them a lot. Um on TV at Roland Garros and I noticed, and I, you know, I don't pick up on strategy as much as you do. I'm more about the storylines and just the, you know, general fan excitement and 
mm-hmm. more bigger picture double stuff. But I did know, you know, notice that uh, Arvalo really doesn't like to seem to go to the net very much. He's got a big forehand, stays on the baseline. Yeah. Roger obviously has incredible hands, but is that rare to see someone of that caliber, you know, in the men's doubles game, uh, shy away from the net? Yeah. Yeah. So usually when you're seeing it, you'll see it, it'll be guys who are like uh, um, more singles players. Right. So like, like Isner will stay back a lot of times. Um, uh, Curious will stay back because uh, their ground strokes are just so good. Right. Yeah. Um, but Arvalo, um, he does serve and stay back a lot. And and I do, um, you know, he, he just won rolling arrows. So it's, it's hard to, uh, argue against the strategy. Um, but I do remember sitting there watching him play uh, in Indian Wells and they lost the match. And I remember thinking that he needed to serve and volley against that particular team. I, I think they were um, returning really uh, with a lot of depth uh, mm-hmm. back to Arvalo. So he was getting on his heels immediately on his serve and he got broken, I think once or twice in there. Um, so I feel like anytime a player is returning really deep in the court. Uh, there's a few things you can do. One of them is serve and volley. Uh, Cause if you can get to the service line and catch that ball a little higher and get forward, you're going to take away their time and you're going to be able to um, have a little bit higher volley versus hitting a ground stroke kind of on your heels from behind the baseline. So um, yeah, it, it was surprising to me. Um, you know, I know they had been a hot team and they won, several 250 tournaments but but to win a grand slam is a different thing Uh, i was super happy for him i was rooting for him uh but uh, i was a little bit surprised i didn't expect um uh, yeah i think they did have some go that far i think they did have some draw some draw gifts um i don't remember exactly they play but i think it did open up quite a bit on the bottom half from what i remember yeah. not to discredit them but I, you know they did yeah no that's that's certainly true and even in the finals they i think they won fewer total points than uh um Krychek and and Dodig uh who i think had triple match point at one point and and oh, yeah. get it done so um that was a, a wild match but uh let's move on to some WTA so um let's go over a couple storylines for uh the WTA so far this year I think the most uh, obvious one is really just a huge shakeup at the top. Mm-hmm. And at the end of last year, uh, Krejcikova and Siniakova, and really the beginning of this year because they won the Australian, they were just you know by far the dominant team and were winning all the big titles. Um, and then second to them, I would say, was Shea and Mertens. And Shea has been you know off the tour this year. We've heard rumors that you know she may be pregnant. I'm not really sure. I haven't heard it if that's confirmed, but whatever the case may be, you know she's been off tour. That's been a big shakeup. So I think we've seen a lot of the teams that were that were really dominating uh, towards the end, of, really all most of last year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they haven't been in action this year, so that's that's one. You know, I think the biggest thing, and we've seen a lot of partner shakeups, and you know, Garachi and Desiree Krauchik split up, and um, you know, mm-hmm. Nicole Melikar and Demi Shores. I think she was playing with at the end of last year. Yeah. Split. So a lot of new partnerships too. Yeah, yeah, there have been. Uh... Yeah, I, I think Siniakov has been this story for me that I've just continued to keep an eye on. Uh, I was disappointed that they had to pull out of uh, the French Open. She has three titles this year. 
um, with three different partners, including the Australian Open with uh, Krejcikova, um, like you mentioned. Uh, she also won down under um, with Bernarda Pera, I believe. And then uh, she won in Berlin last week with Storm Sanders, another lefty uh, and good doubles player. Yeah, and I would have quite heard of Jack Sock, maybe of the WTA, if there was yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, she is, every time I watch her, she is, it, it just blows me away how good her instincts are at the net. Um, I, I think she is by far the number one doubles player in the world right now. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, for fans who want to learn strategy and how to move at the net, uh, watching her is a a great um, way to try to imitate your, your own game because <laughs> uh, she runs a lot of eye formation, um, a lot of faking. Um, yeah, she's so fun to watch. So that's been a big storyline for sure. Yeah, I remember watching her practice um, in Indian Wells, and she she's fun to watch, but I would be scared to be across the net from her. She was just crushing the ball. Yeah, she terrifies me. And she also just has the uh, that face. I don't know. She's she's got the you know the the warrior kind of glare. Um, you know, yeah, game, game time. Yeah, she got upset. Were you sitting with me at Indian Wells when she got upset at the lady behind us? Oh, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We were terrified of her. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, so she was sitting right at the, or we were sitting right on the baseline. It was one of those outside courts where you can sit like almost on the court and some lady behind us, she kept screaming in the middle of the point when she thought the point was over and like, like a net player would just smash a ball, but, and then she'd scream and then the opponents could get to it. And Siniakova ran one down after the lady screamed and then she looked over at her and um, yeah, she scared me. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um, I think two other, um, I was just looking at the rankings again and two other big teams that have since, I think, you know, broken up officially um, from last year that were doing really well were Aoyama and Shibahara and also mm-hmm. uh, Stozer and Zhang Shui. Um, yeah. And so I think really, if you looked at the, the top eight or 10, at the end of last year, most of those teams are either have either been sidelined this year or are playing with you know a multitude of different partners right now. So it's really a completely different right. take at the top. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit different than uh, what we have over on the men's side. Um, but one consistent team has been uh, Gabby Dabrowski and Juju Olmos, um, who have helped us a lot with our Watch More Doubles campaign. Uh, for everyone listening, go buy a T-shirt. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've been really consistent. They're number two in the race. They won in Madrid, made the finals in Rome recently. Um, and they've had really a solid year. Um, and I would say, I mean, looking at the race, like they've been the only consistent team that's, that's paired up and been in really every, every, uh, pretty much every major tournament um, so far this year. I think they had a little bit of a slow start to the year and then really caught some steam at, at Indian Wells. And then from there they've been, you know, I feel like they've been seated in the the top three or four of just about any event that they've played in and have, you know, consistently been making it to the the latter stages of these big events. So I, I really feel like that they're poised to win their first slam together, whether it Wimbledon or, you know, the U S open or whenever, but if they, you know, hopefully they keep playing together, but I think they have a good, good chemistry and they, they complement each other well too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then looking at the race overall, so we've got Mertens and Kudermatova at the top who are 
a really good team. They've both historically been really good doubles players. Uh, Kudermatova played with Rybakina last year a lot. Uh, and then Mertens played with Shea, um, like you mentioned. And they're, they're interesting because they're both singles players and they do have to kind of focus on singles um, a little bit more. So you don't see them in every draw. Uh, but um, they will play most of the Masters 1000s and Grand Slams, it seems like. And um, just by virtue of their uh, you know, singles and tennis ability overall, um, along with their uh, kind of doubles mindset, they, they have made a good pairing, um, which is, to be honest, it's been a little surprising to me because typically what I like to see is a good baseliner and a really good net player. And, and I feel like both of them are more of the baseline type, but um, they're both solid enough at the net. And uh, um, yeah, they've had a really good year. And then number three is where it gets like, I would have never guessed this. You've got Pagula and uh, Coco Golf. Um, they made they've the probably only the played four, They've probably only played, what, four or five events together, maybe? Right. And they made the finals of the French Open, which gets you a lot of points. But um, Coco's also played with Katie McNally a lot this year. So it's, um, yeah, it just gets kind of messy after that. Yeah. You see, like this, this, both of the slam winners are on here. Um, Krajikova and Siniakova are number five in the race. Garcia and Mladenovic, that was a big, um, a big story, you know, coming out of the French Open, yeah. seeing them reunite and, and, you know, go back to their winning ways. So, it is interesting. I think besides um, Gabby and Juju looking at this race, you know, not many of the other partners, maybe with the exception of Kitchenhawk and Ostapenko, have been mm-hmm. really playing together, you know, week in, week out at a lot of the, the bigger events. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I mentioned Coco. So she's up to number five in the world in doubles now. Um, and I know, how old is she, like 19 now? Um yeah, 18 or 19. 18 or 19. And I just, I really hope for double's sake that she keeps playing. Um, it seems like she's going to, and it seems like she's, you know, having a great time uh, doing both. Um, but as she keeps making more of these, you know, Grand Slam finals and singles, I'm, I'm interested to see if she does it. Uh, and yeah. I hope she does. Um, having her... Uh, play with Pagula or Katie McNally, you know, is a great kind of all American team um, that U S tennis fans can root for and and doubles fans can root for. Um, And she's a great, great doubles player too. So it would be um, uh, disappointing if if she did start to focus on singles more, at least selfishly. Um, Yeah. But I mean, every uh, match they play is always, you know, standing room only. And I, I, we've said this in some of our round tables in the past, but I think, you know, since the, the Brian brothers have retired, if anyone, you know, if you could anoint anyone as the next Brian brothers, the next face of doubles, I really think it could be Coco Goff and Katie McNally. If they, you know, keep yeah. playing together and they, you know, they've kind of branded themselves as Makoko. So you already have tennis fans knowing like, Oh, you know, Makoko's on court three and referring to them as a, a team. I think that that goes a long way with really growing, um, you know, more, more fans and support around, you know, having household doubles teams, um, you know, on, on tour. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so another story from this past week, uh, and you wrote an article about it and and we're going to, this is going to lead into our half two preview. So the second half of 2022, 
Um, we'll stick with WTA and then we'll circle back to some ATP um, for the second half of the year. But uh, yesterday there was a big match uh, and Serena Williams won a doubles match 13-11 in a uh, third set 10-point tiebreaker. Um, and you wrote an article that we'll link to in the show notes um, about Serena's doubles career, 10 things you may not know. Um, a lot of them I definitely did not know. I mean, she is an unbelievable doubles player. Yeah. She, um, I mean, obviously we don't hear much as, as much about her doubles career just because her singles career has been, you know, the best yet, or, you know, most people would say the best yeah, of all yeah. time and in the goat conversations. But I mean, she and Venus are by a long shot, the best, um, the best Sorry, my dogs are barking. Frank, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> That's my dog barking. I think, sorry, well, keep going. I'll, I'll mute I, for a second. <laughs> I think they agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at the numbers, Venus and Serena by far have been the best doubles team of, of the two thousands, um, really the last two decades, 14 and zero in slam finals. She's 23 and two in career doubles finals. Um, this I thought was really impressive. Well, most people know that she's won three Olympic gold medals too with Venus. Um, but she went between 20 or 2008 and 2012, which was really their most dominant stretch of playing doubles together when they were playing pretty actively. They went 72 and seven. So that's a 91% winning percentage. Um, and during that time, they won seven majors, two Olympic gold medals, and they both became doubles number one in 2010. Um, and then in 2016, they won their most recent doubles title again at Wimbledon. So, um, I think, you know, the numbers speak for themselves, but not only, you know, have they just beaten most everyone that they've played multiple times, but they, you know, they've taken down so many good top doubles teams and top doubles players of multiple eras. And, you know, you had to being a doubles player playing, you know, against Venus and Serena, I'm sure it had to be frustrating, when you're ranked in the top five and you're seated high at a major, then they come in and bust up a draw. And that's yeah. that was kind of their, you know, their trademark. They would just not play yeah. for several months or years and come up and come out of nowhere and, you know, win, yeah. Wimbledon, win the U S open. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, yeah. That, that record from 08 to 2012 is, is ridiculous. Um, I don't know for sure. I didn't follow it uh, very closely back then. Um, I should probably know this, but I, I'm not sure if they played 10 point tiebreakers at the smaller tournaments for third sets. If they did, then that would be even more impressive that they did that. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think they did, but I, I could be Yeah, wrong. they may not have. Um, but, but regardless, I mean, really they didn't play it at most of the events they played were, were slams or the Olympics. You know, they played yeah. some Madrids and Rome's and some bigger uh, premier 1000. Yeah, maybe Indian Wells. Yeah. But not. Um, um, yeah. So she played uh, yesterday with Anz Jabor, um, and they won 13-11. It was looking rough. They were down a set and a break, and uh, they came back and won. And it has had tennis Twitter uh, just going crazy for this Serena comeback, and I'm so happy it was a doubles comeback. Um, It's been uh, great to see, and um, this ties into the preview because I'm interested to see if she'll play a little more doubles this fall or – into the later half of her career. Um, it w- I mean, we've talked about it before, you know, can, you know, Federer extend his career on the doubles tour? If, you know, obviously these players don't need the money, but it would be so good for doubles. 
and I feel like they would just have a ton of fun doing it, you know, yeah. um, if they want to. So uh, yeah, that'll be that interesting be awesome. to see over the next half of the year. Um, a couple other questions I have on the WTA side, uh, who is Coco going to play with? Um, it's obvious that when she's in a doubles draw, she's a, a big threat. So will she keep playing with Pagula, who she had success with at the French Open, or McNally, who she also made a Grand Slam final with in the last year uh, at the U.S. Open last year? Um, yeah. So that'll be I think it'll be a mix. Yeah. Because McNally has been – you know, focusing a lot on her singles career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a result, she's been playing qualies or smaller events and and prioritizing mm-hmm. singles over doubles. So knowing that Coco and Jesse Pegula are both, you know, they're I think Coco's 12 right now and Jesse Jesse Pegula is eight or nine. You know, they're they're very close in the singles rankings and yeah. Um, so they'll be in the same all the same big tournament. So I would imagine she'll keep playing with a mix of the two of them, but it'll be interesting, you know, the bigger, bigger events, um, who she'll play with. But I did, did see at least right as of now on the Wimbledon entry list, um, none of them are, are signed up for doubles, which I thought was surprising. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if that'll change. Interesting. Okay. So, um, another thing I, I, we'll have to keep an eye on. We talked about, uh, Krachikova, if she can be, I, I guess, healthy enough to play doubles. Um, I know she's backed out of, of the French Open and then a few other tournaments. Um, she had to retire in, I think it was Doha earlier this year, mm-hmm. or maybe it was Dubai. Always get those mixed up. Yeah, um, I think French Open was was COVID though, right? Didn't she? Oh yeah, yeah, that 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 was. Yeah, you're right. So um, we'll see how that goes the rest of the year. But if if she does come back, I, I just can't imagine them not being back on top. Um, but we'll see. Uh, who knows? Um, and then it'll be interesting to see if Shea comes back as well at some point, maybe in the later half of the year. Bethany Maddox Sands is another name um, who's been really out of out of the tour this year. And, you know, it was fun running into her at Indian Wells. She was super nice to talk with. But I, I think she and um, Desiree were supposed to play together at the beginning of the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, Bethany's just been off tour. So she's another one that I'm curious whenever, you know, when she makes a comeback, because, you know, she is someone who's unlike or similar to, you know, Coco or Jack Sock or some of the other players we've talked about has had so much success with a lot of different doubles players throughout her career. And she played with Iga a bunch last year. They did really well together. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that would be really cool to see Iga play some more doubles if Bethany makes a comeback or, or to see, you know, Bethany might fit in the doubles landscape right now. Yeah. Yeah. We we really, I mean, I, yeah, I really just want to see all these top players come back and play um, play more doubles. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how it folds out on the WTA side because, um, like we talked about at the top, the the mix of partners has been kind of wild uh, and yeah. less consistent. You know, you might see a team in the WTA finals uh, in the top eight at the end of the year that maybe only played, you know, three or four events together. Um, uh, maybe not that few, but you know, less than ten. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. And then on the ATP side, um, what are you looking at uh, for the second half of the year um, on the men's side? Um, 
I, you know, I think a lot of people will be watching to see if Kuhlhoff and Skupsi can, um, you know, put it together at Wimbledon, you know, obviously Neil Skupsi mm-hmm. is from the UK. So that would be extra, extra special for him. If he was able to win uh, with Kuhlhoff, you know, when Wimbledon on his home turf. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, same with Joe Salisbury too, if he and Rajiv are able to, um, you know, get a slam, another slam under their belt, they've been super consistent this year, but I, I feel like they've come up short in some of the mm-hmm. bigger moments and had, you know, a couple of heartbreaking losses. So I'm curious to see if they, you know, two of those teams can, can grab some big titles, but then, you know, will we see John Isner in more doubles draws? Well, I, you know, I saw Kyrgios and Kokonakis are, are on the Wimbledon entry list. So, you know, I, I think especially on grass, um, they could ser- do some serious damage. Um, yeah, so those yeah. are a couple of things that I'll, you know, be keeping out for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it will be interesting to see if, uh, if Isner is able to compete in some more tournaments because he, he actually, um, you know, he's up to number 19 in the doubles and I don't think he played either grand slam tournament in do- on the doubles yeah, for all this year. That's pretty um, impressive. So it's just, it's wild. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I'd love to see Jack Stock come back and, and play some doubles as well. And then a team we haven't even talked about that uh, just made the friendship and final is Austin Krychek and Ivan mm-hmm. Dodig. Um, Krychek's been kind of bouncing around the last couple of years, had some good results. I think he he and Neil Skupski, I think, won Cincinnati last year or maybe made the final. Um, and uh, Or maybe they won in Canada and they made the finals of Cincinnati, something like that. They had a, a good run last, um, uh, last U S kind of hard court season. And then, um, uh, and then this year you see Krychek, you know, with several different partners, I think he was out hurt for a little bit and now he makes the finals with Dodig. So it'll be interesting to see if they continue to pair up. Um, and then what happens at the top, you know, between, all these consistent uh, doubles pairings um, that we've seen throughout the year. Yeah. It looks like Dodig and uh, Krychek are seated ninth on the uh, Wimbledon entry list. Okay. There so you go. I think I would you know, suspect them to do well at Wimbledon, but I agree. It'll be, you know, yeah. Dodig has had such an accomplished um, doubles career of his own and mixed doubles. So I think, right. him, you know, they could, they could certainly be a dangerous uh, pairing the second half of the year. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking of it, actually, Krychek made, I think he made the finals in Cincinnati with Steve Johnson, actually. Um, okay. And, the, and then the following week, won a tournament with Skupski, maybe. Uh, I'd have to get back and look that up, but regardless. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of stories coming uh, on the ATP side, but just a little bit, I don't know, a little bit more certainty, I guess, around who's going to be there at the end of the year. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have Granollers and Zabias. We're going to have Raymond Salisbury, um, Herbert and Mahu, if they play several more tournaments, I'd imagine they're going to be somewhere, um, in the race, uh, Kokonakis and Curios are number six right now. And I could totally see them winning Wimbledon. I mean, the way they play, um, so they could even be in the doubles, uh, ATP finals, uh, with the result there alone um, already being number six. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to, uh, to see how it shakes out. Yeah. 
So let's go, let's take a look at the Wimbledon entry list and then we will hop off here. Um, let's start with the women's draw or entry list, excuse me. Um, what, what were your, some of your takeaways from the, the women's uh, entry list? Well, I think, you know, what we haven't mentioned yet with Wimbledon is um, no Russian or Belarusian players. So that automatically takes Peter Matova out of the equation. So you'll see um, at the, on the entry list, um, Shang Shui and Elise Mertens are playing together and they're mm-hmm. the top seed. Um, yeah. and Siniakova are back in action. So they're the number two seed. Um, so I'm curious to see, you know, how both of those teams fare up anchoring both ends of the draw. Um, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but one noticeable um, absence, or I guess a few noticeable absences, a lot of the top American doubles players are not in the draw. Um, between, I, I don't think I saw Coco, Katie McNally, or Jesse Pagula, um, Caroline Dola. Yeah. I don't think she's on the entry list. Um, I, you know, we do have Asia Muhammad playing with Ina Shibahara. They've been a lot of fun to watch. We saw them quite a bit at Indian Wells and they made the finals there, I believe. Um, Nicole yeah, Melikar playing with Ellen uh, Perez. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to not see McNally golf or Pagula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I wonder if some of that um, has to do, well, I, I guess they're probably not that worried about doubles points, are they? So, yeah. I was wondering if the rankings had, yeah. it, or maybe even their, their singles decision, or I don't know if um, I imagine, I mean, I think they're all, they're both playing singles, but um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to watch. I mean, other than those top three teams, um, yeah, there, there's a handful, maybe, maybe like five or so teams that I would say, like, they're definitely going to make win at least a couple rounds and make a run. Other than that, I wouldn't be shocked if any of these seeds, uh, lost in the first round, if they got a, a rough draw, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's really kind of why it seems wide open uh, as far as looking at the entry list goes. Yeah, I would a uh, couple of unseated teams. You know, I'm looking on the second page here, and um, one that really jumped out to me was Desiree Krawczyk and Danielle Collins. They yeah. partnered together in the Australian Open and made the round of 16, if I remember correctly. Um, and I, so I could see them, you know, doing really well, shaking up the draw a little bit. Um, Storm Sanders is playing with Belinda Benchich. Uh, that's an interesting mm-hmm. pairing. And then uh, Demi Shores is playing with. Ariane Hartano, who I'm less familiar with, but I was I was surprised to see that uh, Desiree and Demi were not paired together. So I'm interested if that's a a temporary thing or if that's you know an official breakup. You never really know sometimes in the doubles doubles world what's going on. But um, I was yeah kind of surprised to see that. Yeah, that is that is a little bit uh, a little bit surprising. Um, okay, and then it looks like we've got. Um, Yifan Shu and uh Zhao Xuan Yang. I'm probably not pronouncing those right, but they won in Indian Wells and they're going to be paired up together too. So that's that's another solid line there. Um, oh, that's right. And I think they're they were very or they were higher up in the race too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it looks like they are number four right now. Um, after winning Indian Wells earlier this year, so um. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what the draw looks like and see um, see what happens with that. Uh, on the men's side, 
yeah, I look at the top of this and I'm like, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine. The top nine seeds, like nothing shocks me. Or ten, really, Murray and Murray and Suarez too. I would um, say. Oh, we must be looking at different lists. Ten is curious and Kokonakis for me. Like that's oh, okay. that's not like totally shocking, but it's um, it's just like oh, curious is going to play doubles in this one because he doesn't play doubles in all of them. But even beyond that, you've got Mice and Kravitz. Uh, Mahu is playing with Roger Vaseline. Um, so not with Air Bear. Uh, yeah, just like it's just so much more consistency um, on the the men's side. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, you know can Salisbury make a deep run and try to win on his home turf? Can Skupski do that? Um, can Mektich and Pavic continue their hot run as of late as they transition uh, to the grass courts? Um, and how will Arevalo and Rogier's game? Uh, do on the grass as well. So, yeah, it looks like um, Jack Sock, if I'm looking at the correct entry list, is paired up with Dennis Kudla. Um, so, Jack Sock, I think no matter who, you know, who he's playing mm. with, is always going to be one to watch. Um, Steve Johnson and Sam Query, they, especially on grass, I think, you know, could, could make a deep run depending on their draw. Um, yeah. So, same with uh, Feliciano Lopez and Maxime Cressy. You know, Lopez has always loved the grass as well. So those are some unseated teams that are catching my eye, just kind of glancing through the the entry list right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and another one that that really has been, I don't know, kind of under the radar. Not a lot of people know these players. Uh, and I think we watched them in Dallas. I know we watched uh, Lloyd Glasspool, um, but he's been playing with uh, Hari Heliovara. I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, they had they a big hit, win last week, didn't they? Yeah, they, they've had some good results the last few months. And uh, I remember watching um, Glasspool in Dallas and just thinking, you know, he, he's a really, really solid doubles player. Um, I, I think right there with um, all the top names that we've talked about. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win a big tournament at some point uh, later this year. Yeah, they could definitely be sleepers here. And Lloyd Glasspool is is from the UK, I, I believe. So yeah, more, yeah, he more is. More reason for him to make a big splash at Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you've got Jamie Murray playing with Bruno Suarez at, at the nine seed. Um, one of our, uh, or at least one of my personal favorite teams to watch. I love watching uh, Jamie mm-hmm. and Bruno play. Um, Jamie has such an unorthodox style, and then Bruno's just so smooth out there on the court. Uh, and off the court too. It was fun. Yeah, uh, and off running the court. into him on the grounds at Indian Wells. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, anything else for uh, for Wimbledon? We don't have a mi- mixed entry list yet, so we can't go over that. Um, but anything, anything else you want to cover before uh, we hop off here? Well, speaking of mixed, I think um, you know one thing I, I've seen on tennis Twitter is that uh, Coco Goff and Jack Sock are potentially teaming up in mixed doubles at Wimbledon. So that, you know, that would be super fun to watch. I think, you know, they would definitely be one of the favorites. Um, and, you know, going back to Serena, I'm very curious if we'll see, you know, how, you know, as we uh, record this, they they have won their first two matches and have their semifinal match um, either, you know, tomorrow or Friday 
So I'm curious to see how they fare the rest of the week. And then, you know, what is the second half of 2022 look like for Serena? Will she and Venus play together? You know, could they come back and have a celebratory run of the U S open? Will she keep playing with Anstra Burr? Is this a, you know, short-term thing? I, you know, I'd love to see where doubles, um, fits into Serena's, you know, the rest of Serena's career, no matter how long it may be. Yeah. Yeah. That will be a, a big storyline for sure. Um, if she does choose to play some more doubles. Um, yeah. And for everybody listening, Coco golf and Jack sock would be must watch TV. So, uh, do the seven day free trial of the tennis channel plus app if you have to, or whatever. Um, you can always email me if you're having trouble finding a match and I will figure it out for you. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's, I, I think that's it, uh, from my end. So thanks Hanlon for hopping on and, um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can, um, check out the show notes, uh, with every links to everything we talked about, um, at the tennis slash podcast. You can get a watch more doubles t-shirt at shop.thetennistribe.com. And all of those proceeds go towards supporting pro doubles. Um, So thanks again. And I will uh, talk to you all in the next episode. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly strategy newsletter. Every Thursday, I send you my best doubles tips, tactics, and strategies that you can use in your very next match. And when you sign up, I'll also send you a free 20-page ebook that has my favorite doubles tactics for forcing errors and getting more easy volleys at the net. Go to thetennistribe.com newsletter to sign up now.